the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. X squared, so that delta X equals the square root of 0.077a squared minus zero, from which we derive the square root of 0.077a squared. And also, the uncertainty in P is equal to the square root of bracket P squared minus bracket P squared, which also equals the square root of H over A squared, which lets us delta X, delta P equals the square root of 0.077a squared, H over A squared, and 1.74 H bar, okay? The uncertainty principle. It proves we can't ever really know what's going on. But even though you can't figure anything out, you will be responsible for it on the midterm. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yeah, that uh, that's that clip from a movie called A Simple Man. No, it's not A Simple Man. It's A Serious Man from I don't know how many years ago. Uh, in case you haven't seen it, that scene is the only thing that's worth watching about that movie. But what shows us two things. Number one, you can never figure anything out. And uh, the other thing it shows is this is the stupidity that our kids are being taught in college. So uh, just in case, uh, just in case you're thinking about how you can afford college for your kids, if your kids don't know what they want to do and it's not being a doctor or a scientist or um, something specific, and they don't know for sure, send them to community college or the or the Marines. So uh, you know what I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big uh, supporter of starting the draft and let kids. Go in to serve their serve the country for two years out of high school and get away from their their parents and learn some uh, work ethics because I don't know that anybody knows what they want to do at eighteen years old. Most don't. I didn't. Yeah, I wanna I wanna run a mortgage company and have a radio show and talk politics and um, none of those were anywhere on my radar when I was eighteen. So, uh, but anyway, uh, we're gonna talk about all kinds of stuff going on in this country. And uh, and maybe some stuff that and how it relates to you. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley. Also, offices in Downey, Westlake Village, Orange, Temecula, and Corona. To service all of Southern California for all your real estate financing needs, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fi- uh, any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are great opportunities out there. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you, don't, if you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone for one reason or another, go to edhoffman.net, click on Apply Now, fill in all the information you want me to have, Ask, let me know the information you want back from me. You'll hear back from me or my team either by email or text or 
telephone or smoke signals or telegraph or uh, I don't know. We'll just we'll just think really hard, and maybe you'll pick it up with ESP. Uh, you'll hear from one of my t- from me, and uh, we'll give you all the all the details and uh, solve your financing puzzle. Um, if you hear something you want repeated, you can uh, get the repeat of this show and four past shows by going to edhoffman.net. Click on uh, uh, listen to the main event, or you can get the podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes on your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod, your iWatch, your computer. Or uh, your drone, your droid, or whatever whatever you have, whatever you can get iTunes on, uh, search Ed Hoffman, and you can see a selection of my karaoke songs, or uh, maybe just my podcast, and uh, you can download it for free. Uh, it'll download for free. You can subscribe for free. Uh, it'll automatically come down to your phone or uh, whatever your device is once a week, and you can listen anytime you want. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And uh, you can like my show on Facebook. Uh, the Facebook search is uh, the main event 590. Find the show. You can read my weekly opinion columns in iebusinessdaily.com. Click on the opinion uh, piece to see my full full uh, list of columns. This week's column is about the Iranian prisoner swap, uh, swap, which I'm about to talk about right this minute. So let's talk about what happened this let's talk about what happened i'm uh i'm recording on thursday instead of friday uh and and I'm, all my timing is off today so if i sound like i'm lost that's why but i got plenty to talk about today so last saturday the state department announced four americans wrongfully imprisoned in iran were released although the first three uh, pastor saeed abedini washington post journalist jason Razian, and u.s marines veteran uh, amir Hekmati had been uh, reported on by the media throughout the time they were missing. We heard all the stories and uh, and all the efforts to get them released. Um, but throughout the time, but the name of the fourth prisoner, Nasratullah Kazravi Rudsari. If I didn't say that right, I don't apologize because you probably couldn't either. So uh, they never even we'd never even heard of this guy. We don't know who he is. We know two things about. Nasrola, Nas, Nasratola. Uh, first, he's an American citizen of Iranian descent, like the other three prisoners. Second, we know that he chose to stay in Iran, but we don't know why. That's right, we got him released, but he chose to stay there. Uh, does that? What's that remind you of? Do you remember the Andy Griffith show, Otis? You know, he'd just go get drunk every night, then he'd come and just open the cell and lock himself up. And they'd have to wake him up in the morning. Okay, that might be dating me. But I was a little, little kid when I was watching that. But I remember that. So, uh, but the but that's not the only thing that's troubling about the prisoner swap. The most disturbing part of the ne- was the the most disturbing part of this no- negotiations is we gave back seven Iranian terrorists. We gave back terrorists to get back these guys, and uh, in addition, we agreed not to prosecute fourteen others. In exchange for four hostages, um, I like what you know. I I've, I don't think I've ever quoted Kirsten Powers on this show, ever. But I have to say, I like what her her take was it on Howard Kurtz on uh, on Sunday on Fox. 
been a prisoner swap. It was a hostage swap. It was people in Iran being held hostage. They were not criminals. They were not con actually convicted of anything in any kind of legitimate way versus the people in the United States who were actually convicted criminals. And they were convicted of aiding Iran. Mm -hmm. Let's remember, you know, if he wants to say it wasn't it wasn't a terrorism. These were people that were sending technology to Iran in violation of, of U.S. sanctions, in one case, hacking on behalf of Iran. So these were not some minor criminals and they were legitimately found guilty versus the American hostages who were being held hostage essentially for being Americans. Right. So we got guys that they just picked up and said, these guys are, are Americans. We're going to just imprison them for no reason. And they made up some trumped up charges. These, the guys that we gave up weren't prisoners of war. These guys were here doing espionage. Essentially they were, they were here helping Iran at the, at the expense of America. And they, then they went to court and, had their day in court and were convicted. These aren't like the Gitmo guys. Ted Cruz, uh, you know, whether or not he's eligible to run for president, which we can talk more about shortly, um, his criticism of the deal was pretty insane. I personally like Ted Cruz. I think he'd make a great president. But we got to figure out what the law is. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But I like what he said here specifically about this hostage swap. This deal is a really problematic deal. And it reflects a pattern we've seen in the Obama administration over and over again of, of negotiating with terrorists and making deals and trades that endanger U.S. safety and security. This deal has a lot of things in common with the Bo Bergdahl deal, where in exchange for Bo Bergdahl, someone now facing court-martial, we released five senior Taliban terrorists. In this instance, this deal to bring back Americans who were wrongly imprisoned we released seven terrorists who had helped Iran with their nuclear program, and we agreed not to prosecute another 14 terrorists for doing the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, the Bo Bergdahl deal. You know, they, they spiked the ball about the guy we got back who, uh, who, was a, who was a nobody and a deserter, and actually when he deserted, he got six other guys killed looking for him. And uh, we kind of brush under the rug the fact that we let five terrorists go back you know, hardened criminals, people that had fought in the war against us. Now today, you know, we today this week we we let we we get back a few guys and we and we spiked the ball on that and we're happy that they that they came back. We're happy that they're they're free and we're you know. But there's this one guy that we don't know who he is, but we gave back seven hardened terrorists. Does anybody? You know what? The more the more I learn about Obama, the more I watch Obama and and John Kerry. The more I like Donald Trump, you know, it just, you know, is it, is negotiation? I mean, you can't, how do you, how do you even be married to your wife without knowing how to negotiate to a certain point? I wonder what the relationship is really like between uh, John Kerry and uh, what's his wife's name? Uh, Teresa Heinz Kerry, the, the, the uh, heir to the Heinz ketchup fortune. I wonder what, I wonder what what their family life is like or in the white house. I really wonder what's really goes on. I wonder if, uh, if Michelle already has her divorce lawyer waiting for, uh, for, uh, January 21st, uh, you know, like one year. And, Oh, I forgot to mention, Hey, hallelujah. We're less than one year from uh, getting rid of Barack Obama. Uh, for all you guys that voted for him, I'm personally, uh, angry at you. And, uh, if you ever tell me, I will, uh, I will, if you ever tell me, you better say you're sorry. 
or else I'm going to uh, let you know what I think about that. Because you know, the first time I gave everybody a, I gave everybody a pass. Hey, if you're dumb enough, dumb enough to vote for him the first time, eh, okay, I understand. It was against McCain. Everybody wanted some change. You're hoping for something, but the second time, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. We knew what we had, and you guys, you guys that voted for him helped ruin our country. So, uh, but let's hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not too far gone. So, uh, so Cruz is right on the seven prisoners that we just gave back to the Iranians. One was an aerospace expert convicted of helping Iran launch its first satellite into space. Here's an aerospace expert here getting, getting secrets from America and teaching Iran how to get their, their satellite into space. Another was, was a maritime engineer found guilty of providing navigation technology to the Iranians. I don't know. With friends like that, we don't need enemies. Uh, three of them had ties to the company accused of illegally exporting millions of dollars in American technology with military military applications to Iran. Remember, our three guys were was a pastor, and a journalist, and a military veteran. It sounds like it sounds like an even exchange. Uh, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. And uh, then it comes a time then uh, when I then then this comes at a time when Iran's. Hundred, I think it's $150 billion in assets are, were uh, just being unfrozen that day. I think it was that day. They said they were doing it that day, or was that just the start of it, and it takes a few weeks. I don't know. Anyway, but per the nuclear agreement, they had a implementation day for that nuclear agreement that they agreed to. So that was the day they were going to do it. On the day they did it, they released all these people, this great trade that we had. And, uh, and as I understand it, the $100 billion or $150 billion in assets – uh, we're being unfrozen. And uh, for those of you that hadn't heard, the first thing they did was order like 115 uh, jets from uh, from Airbus. Um, in case you didn't know, Airbus is a French is a French tail, uh, airplane company. They didn't order them from Boeing. Somehow, uh, somehow the only I think the only two airplane companies in the world are left that build uh, commercial airlines are are Boeing and Airbus, right? So. Somehow we didn't think to negotiate that if they're going to spend the money, they should spend some money with us. Uh, maybe French, maybe the French just negotiated better than us. If we can't out-negotiate the French, we're in trouble. You know, the French are leading us into, into war with ISIS. They're in there bombing, and we're sitting back and just watching. So, uh, so um, as per our agreement with the country... Uh, Secretary of State John Kerry wants us to know these negotiations were not directly related. Let's hear what John Kerry babbled out of his mouth. Negotiations were not directly related, and they were not. There is no question that the pace and the progress of the humanitarian talks accelerated in light of the relationships forged and the diplomatic channels unlocked over the course of the nuclear talks. Does is anybody think that doesn't sound right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These guys have been in there for years. They didn't really do anything, and uh, since we were so friendly with them, and we decided to uh, we decided to uh, uh, to to release their funds, and you know, in exchange for basically nothing, uh, they decided just to be do the friendly thing and release the hostages. We don't think that's related. You don't think that was a, hey, okay, well, if we make this deal, okay, we'll release your people, but we don't want it to come out right away. We're going to release them in a couple of weeks. We won't announce it there. Yeah, right. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. It just it quacks like a duck and waddles like a duck. 
and it's got a long beak and it lands in your pool and leaves a mess. It's a duck. So, uh, and it tastes good with orange sauce on it after you barbecue it. So, uh, it must be a duck. So let's not forget that at least one of the American, one American remains in prison in Iran, a CIA operative, Robert Levinson, who's been there since 2007, but our government did not demand his release. And tell me what you think after you hear uh, this uh, comment from uh, John Kerry. The Iranians have agreed to continue to help us try to find the whereabouts, uh, whatever may or may not have happened to uh, Bob Levinson. We are going to continue that effort. I, I feel horrible for the family. I know it's very difficult you for them the Iranians have to, to see have people coming back. We do not have evidence at this point as to where he is. We have been very clear about that. We are tracing every lead of, of But you believe he is. he is alive? We don't. We, we are trying to find out where he is and what the circumstances are. We are proceeding as if he is. We want him to be. We hope he is. We don't have uh, 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 a capacity at this point to draw any kinds of conclusions, but we are working on it, and the Iranians are cooperating with us. Yeah, is that like O.J. Simpson is still out there looking for... Uh... Nicole Brown Simpson's killer because he didn't do it. He's he's sending out satellite. He's sending out a telepathy uh, messages from his cell in jail in uh, in Nevada, uh, and still looking for Nicole's killer. He vowed to get him or her. Uh, he looks in the he looks in the in the mirror and grabs the killer by the neck every night and strangles him, strangles himself. So, uh, but can you can you smell? Well, we hope he's alive. We don't know if he's alive, but we hope, and we're looking, and we're trying to do everything we can. Can you guys? Can you guys uh, smell the BS? Can the government tell the truth about anything? Which brings me to the movie Thirteen Hours: The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Um, Don and I went and saw this with the uh, with with the people at the Galaxy Theater, the Jen and Don show, uh, last Friday night. The people left there. For those of you who haven't seen it, walked out of the off, walked out of the movie stunned, um, wet eyes, wet face, um, just shocked at what you see in that movie. Um, I was, you know, I didn't know if I was. I mean, I was, I was angry. I was angry. Um, it's amazing how how naive this country is and the people in it, and that Hillary Clinton is still able to run for president. It's amazing to me that there's there's even any question that anybody would vote for her. It's amazing to me that the Benghazi thing, we're on the third the third investigation of Benghazi and she's not in jail yet. Um you know the America, the America that that was here when I was a kid and I'm about a month younger than 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 that guy that lives in the White House. Uh and for 54 years never have I felt so, well, never have I felt like America's gone until you see it on the screen. And you know what? Uh, people were tweeting about it, and someone tweeted, well, you know, 13 Hours is not a documentary. I said, yeah, it it doesn't say it's based on a true story. It says this is a true story. And if you've seen the interviews of the three guys, uh, uh, Tig and Oz and uh, what's the other guy's uh, – uh, uh, Tonto, those are their, their nicknames there. Um, you've seen them on Fox News several times. Brett Baer did a special. Uh, Megan Kelly did a special. And talk about the whole thing. To watch it on film, 
just blows you away. It blows you away. And and I and I come out of there seeing things because I pay attention. I pay attention. Don, I actually went back and saw it again on Sunday um, because I wanted to see what I missed because you always miss, uh, miss details the first time. And I wonder, number one, I don't think many people are going to go see it twice. They'll wait for it to come out because it's it's it wears you out watching it. It's it's a thrill ride all the way till the end. It starts out intense. It goes intense the whole time. Um, it's not boring at any stage of it. And for me, it didn't get emotional until till the end of it when the fighting slowed down and the guys were talking. And uh, and I wonder if people and it goes minute by minute from when the first attack started on the uh, on the consulate until it moved over to the annex, and minute by minute. I'm sitting there the second time I'm watching. I go, okay, here we're two minutes into it. This is happening. Okay, we're eight minutes into it. This is happening. Eight minutes into it. Nine minutes. Ten minutes. The they show a little thing of the Pentagon. Okay, they're they're uh, they're getting a drone over the top. Now, for those of you that haven't been to March Air Reserve Base to see the Reaper operations, which controls the Reapers, which is is the is the step up from Predator, which is the drone that was flying at that time that just got retired about a year ago. Um, they operate them, and it's unmanned. It's a drone. It's a drone. Well, they call remote piloted aircraft. They're armed. They have cameras on them, and they can see really, really good. And so the Pentagon had that going on. Everybody, the guy in the, in uh, Libya is watching. The people all over the world are watching that have, have, have access to our Department of Defense are watching this going on. There's a part where they say, uh, they show a picture of the White House for about a second and a half, and it says, POTUS about to be briefed. And that was like 9, 10, 11 minutes into it. By that time, even even the ambassador was still alive. The ambassador, Chris Stevens, was still alive. We've got these uh, six guys over at the at the annex, which is less than a mile away, which is a secret CIA. Uh, that's no, no one's supposed to know it's a CIA base. Um, and they've got these private contractors. Uh, four of them are, uh, are ex uh, ex um Marines and two of them are ex Navy SEALs, and these guys are trained to fight. And they're over there. They're not working for the government. They did work for the government, but now they're now they're now they're being hired to protect the annex. And they're the on, they're the only help that the ambassador and everybody has. And when they attack the consulate, they want to go because that's what they're trained to do. They you know when they're first responders, and these guys are trained fighters. And uh, and you've seen any of the movies, you know the Navy SEALs. They know how to fight, and uh, the Marines. They know how to fight. They know how to shoot their guns, and they got all the all the best equipment. And they called for help, and nobody came. And somebody, what hit me is that somebody in our government made a conscious decision to say no, don't send anybody. We had guys in in Tripoli, which is four hundred miles away, and it took the took a uh, uh, Glenn Doherty. Uh, who is a uh, ex Navy SEAL and and two or three other guys, eight hours to get there because they couldn't get a plane. He, and and uh, you see a scene where he says, "Give me a bag of money and a plane to Benghazi, four hundred miles away." So it's like taking a flight from uh, Reno to Ontario. How long would that take? I don't know. Hour and ten minutes. Hour and ten minutes in the air. Took them eight hours from the time it started until they got they got to the uh, to the consulate. Or the the annex in uh, in Benghazi to help these guys. They have uh, they had F sixteens 
F-16s in in Italy, in Germany, and in Croatia, ready to go, ready to get the uh, you know the the guys were in the plane. One of my employees uh, said he saw he saw the uh, the movie on Sun or on Saturday at a theater in San Diego, and it was being sponsored by a uh, a gun club. I don't remember the name of the gun club, but he said that they it was a, a club. It was not per se a gun club, but it was a, a club that supports political candidates that support the second amendment and they had some speakers ahead of time and one of them one of the guys that was speaking was an was a military guy who was in one of those f-16s on his way in the air and was called back somebody called them back we had help on our way to save these guys and somebody made a conscious decision to call them back just in case you, you you don't pay attention to the Benghazi hearings, just in case you haven't been following following the news because you're watching the the Super Bowl and who's going to make it in the Super Bowl and who cares about Tom Brady or or uh, or whatever that guy's name is on the Lakers, uh, Kobe Bryant or any of those guys. If that's more important to you and you don't get to watch this stuff during the week, you need to watch this movie. I'm going to come back and talk about it after after the break. I'm uh, I'm going to have five minutes of some commercials and and traffic and weather and i'm here i'm out of time for part one i'm going to be back and we're going to talk about this movie some more because this is too important of a film you have to see it hey buddy i'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life i'm paying you to sing well i have a microphone and you don't so you will listen to every damn word i have to say and welcome back to part two of the main event my name's Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about mortgages on this uh, on this show because I don't think you guys like to listen to it as much. But I'll tell you, I do them forwards and reverses. If you need a reverse mortgage or you need a refi or a purchase or any of that stuff, you want to talk to someone who has a has some common sense and thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. So we're talking about 13 hours. 13 hours is a secret soldiers of Benghazi. Um, I just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless on how important of a movie this is to watch. And, and so you can see it because some of you guys, some of you guys just aren't affected by this. Some of you, you know what? I had, had one of the guys in our, in our office, uh, just, uh, before I came to record today say, Hey, I saw 13 hours. Nobody can see that sees that movie is allowed to vote for Hillary Clinton. Well, anybody that votes for Hillary Clinton doesn't have their their head out of their out of their rear end, um, and or is blind, deaf, and dumb. But especially this, especially, you know what? Where was where was Barack Obama during this time? Because it said POTUS, President of the United States, about to be briefed eight minutes into it. And I'll tell you the 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 scenes that hit me. There's a scene after the after the fighting is pretty much over, or before the last battle, before the last battle, and uh, and Jack Silva, who's played by uh, John Krasinski, I think is his name, uh, the guy from The Office, and uh, and he's talking to to um, uh, Tyrone Woods, who who's one of the four guys that died before the last the last thing, and he's talking about, you know what? I haven't been thinking about my family. All night, but I'm thinking about him now. You know, when the fight's going, you don't think about anything but the fight. But then, as soon as you have, as soon as the, you have the lulls, then that's when you when you start thinking. And he goes, "I think about what my girls are going to think." You know, uh, you know, my my dad's over here. He died. He was in a place he didn't have to be, and he's uh, protecting uh, protecting uh, people he that 
that he doesn't understand in a country he doesn't care about. And, uh, you know, what, what was that about? And, uh, you know, he's, he's starting to, to start measuring up kind of the things he values in life. And, uh, Tyrone Wood says, and this is, to me, this was the most important line in the, in the whole movie. He said, when I was younger, I was part of something bigger, but that something bigger is gone now. That part hit me, hit me in the gut. And, you know, uh, and, and I don't know, I think Michael Bay tried really hard to not make this political. But if you pay attention to this movie, if you pay attention to this movie, it's all the all the all the messages are are there. If you're paying attention, it's a great shoot 'em up movie if you just want an action movie. But there's so much more to this movie because this is our country, and and I don't know that I will ever live to see uh, this country country re, uh, recover economically or mil- militarily. But you know, I'd like to see it back on the road because I know my grandkids will. And I know, and I want to, and I want to know that that my grandkids will have have opportunity in a in a free free uh, uh, country to live in, and and uh, and have all the opportunities to do everything they want to be, to be everything they want to be, and uh, and accomplish everything they want. Um, because quite frankly, they're they're Hoffmans, and uh, that's what Hoffmans do, and uh, and uh, that's that's the legacy I want I want to deliver. And, uh, and then, uh, one of the other lines was at the, at the very, at the very end, after the, after they get everybody out and the first plane goes out and you've got the last couple of guys waiting for the last plane and to, and to take, um, uh, ambassador Stevens, uh, body home. They're waiting for his body and they're waiting for one more plane. Cause they had too many people to fit in one plane and Libyan transport comes up and Jack Silva says Libyan transport, no sign of the U S anywhere. You know what? That enrages me. That enrages me. Um, Washington, the Washington Post headline this week uh, read, With 13 hours, Hollywood is finally acknowledging conservative audiences. The movie grossed $19.6 million on its opening weekend, but because it's only the fourth most popular movie in America right now, behind Star Wars and Ride Along 2, liberal blogs are quickly declaring 13 hours as a box office failure. I think this will be at box offices for a long time because the word's going to get out. A slate, uh, a slate headline read, Michael Bay goes to war. The director's movie is loud, tasteless, and the salon's headline was, uh, audiences reject 13 hours. Big blow for the right desperate quest for Benghazi's smoking gun. That same article went on to say the film is basically a flop. Greg Gutfeld... Greg Gutfeld of uh, the Five and uh, the Greg Gutfeld Show on on Fox, uh, he he put his thoughts down like this: If this were a film that bashed capitalism or was exposing the homophobia of Middle America, would the media be focused on receipts? Imagine a liberal blogger heralding the financial failure of that movie about transgender issues, The Danish Girl. That person would lose his or her job. Suddenly. For 13 hours, it's way different because it's the one film in Hollywood out of thousands that escaped their grubby little progressive paws. If the flick had been an indictment of America, then profit wouldn't even come up. But they hate that a movie with Western sympathies actually exists. So they delight that a movie chronicling the tragic deaths of poor Americans was outsold by crud. Yep, if... uh It's just amazing, amazing how Hollywood jumps on this. They don't, they don't, they don't care about... You know... It's it's just it's so frustrating to see what what uh 
America has become. The movie's director, Michael Bay, said he only cares about the feedback that he's gotten from the military community. And I will tell you, the military, if you get a chance to talk off off record with, with any of our military guys, and I don't know how many of you guys uh, know the active duty military guys, the military guys do not like our current administration. They just can't come on TV and say it. Um, here's what here's the uh, comments from uh, uh, Michael Bay, the the uh, director of this movie. Listen, we've gotten amazing feedback on this movie. Uh, I've had two two four star generals and several other generals really praise the movie, um, and both people both sides of the aisle are really uh, really impressed with the movie and the emotional. Uh, story that's told. The politics got in the way of this great human story that happened, and uh, this is really to honor these type of men that do this every day, that put themselves in harm's way. Um, that's what this movie's about. I'll tell you that um, this just reinforces um, the the charitable stuff that I do, that my company does, that me and my wife do. Um, we have to support our military guys. We have to support the milita- the active duty and the retired guys, and we have to show the world that we appreciate. We have to show at least our country that we appreciate these military guys, which is why uh, uh, I'm announcing this this weekend that I'm doing uh, a fundraiser all year. We're gonna we're gonna build a house along with the Gary Sinise Foundation. Uh, we're gonna raise the money to build build this house in San Diego for a triple amputee. Um, I'll give you more more details of the fundraising efforts. Um, if you're interested, if you're interested in finding out more, go to edhoffman.net, and I'll probably have it up on uh, uh, wccloans.com, and I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be talking about this all year. And uh, in addition to, we'll be doing our second annual um, boot campaign push-ups for charity. We'll be doing that before it gets too hot on May 21st, which is Armed Forces Day. Uh, we'll be uh, doing that, so you'll be able to come out and do some push-ups and raise some money for the boot campaign guys, and I'll uh, and I'll expand on that. But you know what? These military guys, the commitment they give give to our country, and so many so many people don't even appreciate it anymore. It's all about and in the in the Hollywood crowd, the Hollywood crowd is just maddening to think that anybody even has a uh, has a has a voice or a microphone to even talk to the public, and that they they're given they're given any any media time just enrages me. But uh, I guess that's freedom of speech. Paid for by our military, fighting to keep us free. So, and while we're talking about about movies, now we have uh, now we have uh, black people, uh, specifically Jada Pinkett Smith, and who's uh, Will Smith's wife, and a couple others. Uh, and I even heard George Clooney is they're going to boycott the Academy Awards, the Oscars, because there were no there are no nominees, uh, no black nominees this year. Um, you know what? I don't know about you guys. I work really hard and I and I and I run a big company and uh and my paycheck that I earn and our profit is our only our only recognition. And uh the recognition I get is when people say thank you for helping me get in a house and thank you for supporting uh our our military guys and thank you for for uh doing what you do on the radio. I don't get to go on on TV and get an award and uh and then get get honored as a Academy Award winner, Ed Hoffman. I'm just Ed Hoffman. I fund loans for people, and I help veterans out, and I and I raise and I raise my kids with my wife, and I try to be a good husband, and I try to be out there as a microphone for you guys. I don't get any awards, okay? 
I don't know if you guys get awards, but you know, specifically Jada Pinkett Smith's husband, Will Smith, makes a lot of money on these movies. And for her to go go uh to go public about him not getting getting uh nominated, and I will tell you his his role was um, I don't remember the, the doctor's name. I've talked to him. I've talked about this movie. The movie Concussion is a great movie. And Will Smith did a great job. He probably deserves an award. But guess what? Uh, you know, the guys in the big short, they did a great job. Uh, uh, Christian Bale. And you know who else did? Um, Steve, Steve uh, Carell. He did a great job in the big short. He didn't get, uh, he didn't get nominated. And uh, Matt Damon in The Martian. There's a whole bunch of people that did good. Who's to say... Who the who the five or six or ten nominees are, and uh, and and you know what? Here's my thought. You know what? Follow the money. Think about that that clip I started with. You can never know what's going on. The uncertainty theorem. Here's a way to figure it out. Think about the money. If you've seen Concussion, if you haven't seen it, go see it after you see Thirteen Hours. Um, Thirteen Hours is more important. But Concussion is about the NFL and how the NFL is basically hiding not disclosing to the football players how much danger they're putting them in by this sport and and uh, and not of broken legs or broken arms but of concussions and what that does to your brain and it's not from getting injuries just from pounding your head head with that helmet into the other guys helmets and maybe the NFL maybe it's not the academy that that should be boycotted maybe we should boycott the NFL because I'll bet you 100 bucks that the NFL had something to do with that not getting nominated because they don't want to bring attention to that movie because they don't want mothers to uh, mothers of kids that want to play football to go to that and take their kids out of football. They don't want to. They don't want to put any shadows on the money machine that is the NFL. You know uh, what is? I don't know what Roger Goodell, the head of the the National Football League, makes, but that's a nonprofit organization. They don't pay any taxes. The National Football League is a nonprofit organization. And you know what? I discussed this a, a a few months back that you know when they had those football games with flyovers, the military flyovers, you know to be all patriotic stuff, they charged the 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 United States government, which means us taxpayers, to let them do that. The NFL is a nonprofit organization, bull. And it's the academy that didn't want to nominate that movie because it's a racist thing. You know what? I want to know how how many white guys get nominated for the BET Awards, Black Entertainment Television. How many people get to be on on the the Black Grammys or the Black This or the Black That? You know what? And you got got one year one year, and I guess it's not the first year, but it's maybe the second or third year that uh, that no no black people happen to get nominated. You know what? I want to complain about uh, a few years ago when uh, when Slumdog Millionaire got Best Picture. Okay, Slumdog Millionaire was an okay movie. Best Picture? I don't think so. You know who didn't get nominated that year? Uh, Clint Eastwood, his movie Grand Torino, because it was a little anti-Asian uh, gangs in there. Give me a break. Come on, Slumdog Millionaire, Best Picture. But we're gonna boycott the the we're gonna boycott the the Academy Awards. No, I got off on a rant there. You know what? Because it makes me mad. It makes me worse than mad. But I'm not allowed to. Say any certain words on the radio. So, so you know what? Let's go on to the next topic, the election. Ah, hold on. Let's take a deep cleansing breath. <sighs> Goose fraba. Goose fraba. So, uh, and we'll decompress 
and we can talk about something that won't madden us as much. Oh, yes, it will. Let's talk about the election. So election coverage this week was the focus on Ted Cruz's eligibility. Um, my thoughts are I'm not going to make that decision. I said this last week, I think. Um, I'm not going to make the decision on uh, Ted Cruz's eligibility, but everything I read would would have you uh, have you uh, have you thinking that you have to have a mother and father that were uh, that were U.S. citizens to be a, in order to be eligible. And for as long as I can remember, you had to be born in the United States or on a U.S. military base if you weren't um, to be eligible. You can be a citizen. You can be a governor and a city councilman and a mayor and a and a congressman and a senator, but you can't be the president of the United States if you weren't born here. Okay, so let's say that uh let's say that um let's say that that uh okay you don't have to be born here but both your parents have to be uh, citizens. Ted Cruz was eliminated because his dad wasn't a US citizen at the time. Sorry, I like Ted Cruz. I think he'd make a great president. But his mom was a US citizen and his dad wasn't and he was born in Canada. Okay, Marco Rubio, you're not eligible either because neither one of your parents were uh, were U.S. citizens, but he was born in the United States, so maybe he is. Ted Cruz brought it up on Donald Trump. Donald Trump was born in the United States, and his dad was a U.S. citizen, and his mom was a U.S. citizen, but she wasn't a natural-born U.S. citizen. She was born in Scotland, came here, and became a citizen before he was born. So he should be eligible. That's how I interpret it. I hear all lots of people saying, "Oh, you know, that's been proven wrong." Okay, where? You know, the laws that I the laws that I that I've seen, uh the, the naturalization law of 1790 part of the constitution and the the amendment to that 1795 say you have to have two parents born in the United States or US citizens. Okay? Mark Levin, Mark Levin who also broadcasts on this network. So I hate to uh, say something about the great one. Um he made this he made this comment uh just the other day this is why i'm sick and tired of stupid talk this is why i'm sick and tired of stupid issues this birth nonsense has gone on long enough for most of us if there are websites that want to keep entertaining it entertain it if there are nut job lawyers and professors who want to bring the lawsuits i beg you bring the lawsuits but the rest of us don't have to be dragged into stupidity. It's not stupidity, Mark. You know, and I and I like Mark Levin. I listen to him when I get a chance to on the radio, and I and I just read his last book. Uh, what was it called? Uh, it's called uh, Plunder and Deceit, something like that. Uh, read that book. Read that book a few months ago, and and I like Mark Levin, but he's wrong here. He's wrong here. Ted Cruz said right on the right on the last debate, he told Donald Trump said, or he was referring to Donald Trump. He said, "You know what? Uh, last September, Ted Ted uh, or uh, um, Donald Trump said everything was cool that he didn't have any uh, concern about me being eligible, and now today he's questioning it. You know, the Constitution hasn't changed since September, but the polls have. Well, guess what? Eight years ago." We were all questioning whether Barack Obama was born in America, and we know that he doctored up his his birth certificate um, because it's obvious uh, for any computer guys can see it the the birth the whatever the long form birth certificate that he posted on whitehouse.org no dot gov um, it's been proven the hospital it says he was born in 
wasn't called that at the time. And, uh, and you know what? So the Constitution hasn't changed since eight years ago either. So why was it such a concern eight years ago? But today it's not a concern because Barack Obama has one natural-born mother, too, uh, natural-born parent, his mother, who was born in the United States. His dad was never a citizen uh, of, the Amer- of America at that time or ever since. And we don't, according to what I see, he wasn't born in the United States. Although everyone said, okay, we, he was born in Hawaii. But if Ted Cruz wasn't, el- isn't eligible, either was Barack Obama. And that was a big concern eight years ago, but today it's not. Nothing's changed. So Mark Levin and everybody else who thinks this is not, I'm, I realize I'm, I'm going to concede on this, that I'm not making this decision. You know, and quite frankly, if Ted Cruz isn't, isn't eligible and he gets the nomination anyway, I'm going to vote for him because I think he'll be a good president. But let's just once and for all, let's set the record straight and say, hey, this is the law. And going forward, we don't have to worry about it. There won't be any argument because I think this uh, clouds everything up. Um, meanwhile, Donald Trump received an unlikely endorsement from Sarah Palin, who I personally like. I know her, her voice gets a little annoying at times. I think she's a smart lady. Uh, she's, she's, uh, let's play some clips. What, what, uh, Sarah Palin said. Thank you so much. It's so great to be in Iowa. We're here just thawing out. Heads are spinning. Media heads are spinning. Can I get a Hallelujah. You ready for a commander-in-chief who will let our warriors do their job and go kick ISIS ass? Right-winging, bitter-clinging, proud-clingers of our guns, our God, our, and our religions. And our next president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. I love the, the just unedited, just say what you think. I like that about Sarah Palin. I think she's a smart lady. Yeah, I know her voice is kind of annoying, but so is Mark Levin's. You know, so is a lot of people. Does anybody get annoyed every time you hear Barack Obama's uh, voice? Maybe if we didn't hear it 14 times a week saying the same BS that he's reading off a teleprompter, doesn't believe, just reads it. He doesn't say what he believes, and he doesn't believe what he says. He just reads it off the off the teleprompter. Quite frankly... I'm ready for I'm ready for a guy that just talks that clear. And you know what? Trump is not my number one my number one choice, but my number one choice isn't getting enough media attention. And uh, Carly, we'll see what she does in the first two states, along with everybody else. But I'm perfectly happy if Trump gets it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay because I think we need I think we need more than just some. You know what? We need somebody who knows understands politics. He doesn't have any experience. I don't think that's that that important. I don't think that's that important. I don't think people understand how hard it is to run a business, even a small business, and all the little things that go with it, much less to build a business where you're building skyscrapers, you know, 50-story buildings in New York City. I don't think anybody understands the, the how many employees and how much red tape and how much, you know, I run a mortgage company with 170 employees, and you have no idea what goes in what goes into funding alone it can be a lot easier than it, than it is today because the government's doing that let's play the next clip the United States military deserves a commander-in-chief who loves our country passionately and will never apologize for this country a new commander-in-chief who will never leave our men behind, a new commander-in-chief, one who will never lie to the families of the fallen. 
Can you understand what those comments were about? Those were all about 13 hours. That will never lie, never leave our guys behind. And uh, if I didn't say this earlier when I was talking about somebody made a conscious decision not to send help, and somebody the next morning made a conscious decision to lie about it. There's another there's another thing in that movie where he says, I'm hearing stuff on the on the uh on the on the net now something about a protest. I didn't see no protest. This is earlier in the movie. But anyway, I, I'm I'm going back to that. Let's get let's get back. One more clip from uh from Sarah Palin. Only one candidate's record of success proves he is the master of the art of the deal. He is beholden to no one but we the people. How refreshing. He is perfectly positioned to let you make America great again. Are you ready for that, Iowa? No more pussyfooting around. Our troops deserve the best. You deserve the best. Almost was scared to play that clip. Almost scared to play that clip. But Sarah Palin said it. I didn't. But you know what? That's exactly what we need this this uh, this year. We're 11 months out. 11 months out? No, we're 10 months out. Ten, no, we're nine nine months and nine, less than nine and a half months out from our election. And and people, we need to be talking this up, talking to your kids, talking to your coworkers. It is so important. There's so many people that I talk to that actually work for me. And that I know that, that I deal with all the time that I'm not even registered to vote. Come on. You know what? It's too important to get your, your friends and your and your and your coworkers and your relatives to register to vote and teach them what the right thing to do is and have those conversations that start fights and make sure that we have our country and everybody get off your butts in November. On, in November. Ah, it's 10 months away, Ed. Call me and wake me up before that. You got to get registered first, and there's a primary in June. For we probably won't have any say in the in who gets nominated because it always it always gets uh, narrowed down before it gets to California. But we need to be ready for that. We need to be talking because kids don't kids don't don't change their uh, their liberal opinions too fast. We need to talk some talk some sense into them. And we got ten and a half months. Hey, uh, hallelujah! Less than one year till Barack Obama's out. Let's make sure that that we have our eyes open all year and that we uh, and that we do the right thing November eighth. Folks, I'm out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.